balance prayer. Father, as we come together, thank you for our time together. Help me to clearly say what I need to say and sit down. I'm trusting you to take what I, I, I'm getting ready to say and drive it home to the believers. Great is your faithfulness. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I, uh, you know, usually the boards, we, uh, we talk about taking, uh, taking each other's titles and stuff like that. And I was going to preach that and everything else. And uh, I thought Brandon did an excellent job last week. And it's all I got praise. And we, the whole month is on praise. See? And I think that we need to, my concern as a pastor, is that you have the proper concept in where we are and everything else that we're doing. A lot of folks want to function, they want to do that, but if you lack the concept, why you do what you do, then you have a whole lot of voices out there writing books and everything else, but they miss the basic concept. And when you don't understand what it is, okay, uh, you, you bake a cake, but you don't know what all that takes place in baking the cake. You know what it's going to turn out. You have to understand the dynamics of it. Well, um, this morning, then, we want to um, move on with this. Let's get it going here for me. Um, okay, in the back there. Hello. <laughs> Let me get their attention here. Uh, Elizabeth. Okay. There you go. Thank you. The best is on its way. Now, I start off with that because I think it's important for us to understand. Those of us who know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior, the best is on its way. Amen? Regardless of what's happening today, what happened yesterday, it does not matter. What's, what's going on up here? What is it, the Now, I, I think that it's important for us to understand that because there's, a, there's a, 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 another part to that. If you do not know Jesus Christ, this day is the best day you'll ever have in eternity. Do you understand that? Every person who lived today and they're defying God and doing and doing very, they're very uh, boastful and everything else. Understand, enjoy your toy right now. Because eternity, there is no time to it. But those of you who, you know, as you get older, you begin to understand this. Uh, arthritis kick you, the author kick you this way, and, uh, and something else will hit you this way, and, and you hit with relatives, and hit with personal feelings, and you go into all of this turmoil, and God says, the Lord says, don't worry, you're on a train, and I'm taking you through this, but the best is on its way. They had a, they had a commercial, are we there yet? No, we're not there yet. I don't care what the world is doing. I don't care who becomes president, who, who, the, who takes another president's place. Well, I don't care. This is all a part of the process. But the best is on its way. 
The best means I'll see daddy. The best means that I'll never have to worry about all of the things that I'm struggling with right now. I don't have to worry about cold. I don't worry about, have to worry about heat. I don't, everything I have, we're on our way to it. Don't get discouraged in the process. What I'm finding is believers getting discouraged in the process. So then, uh, here's where I'm going with this then as we, uh, what's it look like? This is not operating the way it should be. So, Elizabeth, work with me here. Okay. Which the next one then? It's not clicking. Philippians 1, 6, being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Christ. That's the leading verse that we're going into. Philippians 1, 6. That the author, the person who thought this up, put it into plan, put it before the foundations of the world, put it before man ever sinned. He says, God who started it, God says, I started it, and I'm going to finish it. The best is on its way. I praise the Lord for that. And sometimes we, we struggle with that. Some reason we're, we're struggling. Okay. Thinking it through. There's a vast difference between the process and the ultimate outcome. We are the product of our thoughts and our will affect our, and our will respect our will, our words and actions. We are with the ability to think well and design to think well. We are with the ability to think well. We're designed to think well. Embracing the concept. Our God and Father of the Lord Jesus Christ have purposed and created us for this day and age. Not to build houses in a war zone, but to live in a way uh, to glorify him. Let me check the battery on that. Okay. Looks like that battery has uh, gone bad. Uh, if the battery has done bad, um, then we'll have to make a, a switch out there. Okay, um, and so when we, we think about this whole idea of, um, uh, of our Lord and the fact that he has created us to glorify him, that's why it says, he who started a good work in you. Yeah. Does that mean you started in a good, good home, uh, great friends, everybody loving you? It's, it's amazing where, where seeds are planted in the dirt, you know, people stumping all over it. No one cares about it. It's cold, not, uh, not productive. I mean, all of this takes place, but I tell you, the best is on its way, and for that I praise God. I praise God that he's able to do exceeding abundantly more than what I can even ask or think. I was counseling the couple. And as I counseled the couple, what happened here with the couple was that um, they were having some real struggles. Not to take you through the whole thing. We went into our next session. We okay? Okay. Okay. Um, we um, went into our next session, and we met about three times. This, this week was the last one. And, and the couple was saying, 
we started here and we thought that this was the thing that would make our marriage work. But after we talked through some things, all of a sudden they said, you know, in other words, a light clicked on. And you know, they, one of them said, I wish you all had a retreat. And it just so happened that I got uh, the mailing from uh, Hope. I said, one moment. Uh, went up to our, our clipboard and pulled it out and said, hey, we'd love you to come to the retreat. You should have seen the couple. You should have seen the confusion. They thought that it's all about them. <laughs> I, hope you're not, I hope you're not fooling yourself. It's never about you. This is a good theology class. This is never and ever will be about you. It's about God who's concerned about you. Now, once we get that straight, we're in good shape. See, we get bent out of shape and we're disappointed in everything else because we think, I don't like this. The Lord says, I don't care whether you like it or not. It's about me. See, I think that's important. God's intervention. So when we talk about God's intervention, and there, we, there's two of them, of course. Uh, one, he is working on and in us to ultimate, ultimately and effectively experience the eternal environment where we will eventually exist. There are two things that we need to observe, remember, and embrace. Um, the person, God, and the process. He, by his sovereign will, initiate this, co this course of action. Ecclesiastes the God of our salvation, I perceive that whatever God does endures forever. Nothing can do what? Be added to it, nor anything taken from it. God has done it so that people fear before him. Let me say this, lest I forget it. Let me say this. What do you think the whole Bible is based on? If you looked at the Bible and it said, explain the Bible with one word, what would that one word be? Well, I can, I can imagine, you know, this going in your mind, and if we're coming up with good religious thoughts, you know, that come to our thoughts, then let me help you. The one word that describes the Bible is God. When you see this word God, then that, that means that he's the one who's in complete control. In complete control. Uh, look like we're having some, some, some more challenges with this. Uh, 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 go back, okay. All right, this uh, yeah, very unique. Okay, and so we'll, we'll, we'll go back. Where it says Ecclesiastes. It's God who does this whole thing. It's God... When it starts off, it says, in the beginning, what? God created heaven. It even starts off, in the beginning, God. Then say, in the beginning, Jesus Christ, because you want to understand the context of Jesus Christ in relationship to God. It starts off with God. You have to understand the word God. The word God in the Old Testament is capital O, capital O, capital G. So when we see the word God, some of us think, well, one person. Well, in essence, they're one. But God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. It's God who works in you both to will and to do his good pleasure. His good pleasure. Now in other parts of the Old Testament you see capital G, capital O, capital D. Now when, I mean uh, capital G, small O, and small D. Now you're seeing it in another context. But when you see capital G, 
capital O and capital D, then you're seeing the Jehovah, Yahweh. This is whom you're dealing with. And it says, and it says that it's because of them. Remember, Jesus Christ was the word, and the word was with God, and, and the word was. It was God. All through the word of God, all through the Bible, God, 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 God. In creation of man, when man fall away, in revelation, when God's going to wrap things up, it's God all the way. And that's what we need to understand as we look at scripture and as we read scripture. Ephesians 1, 1 to 13. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God to the saints who are in Ephesus and are faithful in Christ Jesus. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Spiritual blessings in Christ. Blessed is the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who have blessed us in Christ Jesus with every spiritual blessing. In heavenly places. Remember God is at work with you. Even as he chose us in him before the foundations of the world. That we should be holy and blameless in him in love. Now you see what the purpose is. He chose us. See what he did. For the purpose that we should be holy and blameless. That's our responsibility. There's no time that we are, be, are to be free from that or walk away from it. And then you see the predestined us to adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ according to the purpose of his will to the praise of his glorious grace with which he has blessed us in the beloved in him we have redemption through his blood the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight who's doing all of this God, if you start listing out all the things that he has done, when you start looking at uh, the fact that he has uh, adopted us, and he had all of the things that he has given us uh, and laying on us, redemption through the blood, as we look at this and he lavished these things on it, it's all about God, only about God. And when you walk out of here, can it, to come to a morning worship service and you don't praise God is an insult. We come to a morning service and you don't give him the proper reverence uh, that you would give some other special person. He's insult. It's an insult. Why? Before the foundation of the world, God said, I want you, I want you, I want you. I want to, when you think about all the chairs in this room, and God walks and says, I want the chair in the fifth row in the middle. He said, thank you. And all the rest of them let him go. And you say, wow. Why? God says, because I'm God. If I try to explain it to you, your brain will burn up in the first place. So I'm not going to explain it to you. Get, get bi biological. You, you know, the, what, the, is it 500,000 or million sperms going? Only, only one. Goes unite with the egg. What happened to the others? Wasn't their time. Because God chose you for a special person in a special place that he may bless you. God has gone all out. Don't, don't ever accuse God of not caring. Don't ever accuse him of not caring. Making known to us the mystery of his will according to his purpose with which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him 
things in heaven and things on earth. In him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. In him you also, when you have heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promise of the Holy Spirit. God says, I marked you out, and I'm going to get you there. Can I be sure of that? He says, I put my reputation on it. I put my stamp on it. Once you saved, you always saved. It's not based on what you do. Because God knew what you were going to do even before you were born. So when we talk about good theology, I think it's so important that we understand that. Jeremiah, because I'm going to give you a lot of verses here for a reason. Jeremiah 29, 10 to 13 has this to say about the God of our salvation. But thus said the Lord, when 70 years are complete for Babylon, I will visit you and I will fulfill to you my promise and bring you back to this place. For I know, see, folks quote this, the 11th verse. For I know the plans that I have for you. You probably know it by heart. Declares the Lord, plans for welfare and, and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. And then folks walk away from the verse. God says, no, 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 no. Read the rest of the verses. And it says, then, after I've done this for you, then you will come upon me and come and pray to me, and I will what? You will seek me and find me when you seek me with what? That's what it says. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with what? All thy heart, all thy soul, all thy might. Jesus Christ came in the New Testament saying that. The two things, the two most important things. Uh, loving God with all our heart, soul, and mind. To love our neighbor as ourselves. And here's what the Lord is saying. The Lord was saying to the, the he, here he's speaking to the Jews. He says, I'm going to bring you back to the land. Which means I don't care who's in the land. I don't care how long they've been in the land. I don't care what they built on the land. Guess what? When it's their time, I'm going to bring you back to the land, and they I'm going to give them an eviction notice. They will get out of here because it belongs to you because the best is yet to come. And so the Israelites were always, always looking because they knew one thing. If God promised something, it was going to happen. And don't let a prophet come. See, folks believe more bad stuff than they do good stuff. If a prophet said, came to you and said, tomorrow you're going to die, you wouldn't be able to sleep. You'd be saying, oh, God, help me. And all. Then another prophet comes along and says that you are chosen of God and he will make sure that you get the glory and he gives you and he lists all these things. And we're going to say, really? You think so? Uh, the emotion that we have on the bad, we should flip it to glory and praise on the good. And when God wraps everything up, then it's because he chose you before the foundation of the world. He loves you. God's interactions, the process, there's only two points. God, the process here, Philippians 2.16, holding fast the word of life so that I may, uh, may rejoice in the day of Jesus Christ that I have not run in vain uh, or labored in vain. 
being chosen ones, there are several things that our attention and our observations and applications. Number one, be committed to the act of obedience. Be what? Here's the verse what he says. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. He says, now, here's the thing. Be obedient and begin to work out what you already have. You, since you are a believer, since you are in God's family, then how you work it out is, number one, you start off by obeying God. Anything that is not uh, pleasing and honoring to God, put on your list to throw it in the garbage. Because it will, it will not last. It will shut you down. We, matter of fact, they talk about various diets that will make you healthy and everything else. God has put us on a spiritual diet. The first thing is, you can label it carrots, whatever you want. The first one is obedience. I want you to have obedience so that it won't shut down my communication with you. And Paul came along and said, I praise the Lord when I come, uh, I come among you. I see that you're still obeying God. When you meet friends years later, one of the things you want to see is, are they still the same? And if you run into some friends who are still loving God, it doesn't delight your heart. Another thing that breaks your heart, you started off together, but the other person is lost in the quagmire and the glitter of this world and put God on the shelf. So be committed to the act of obedience. What's it? Read that other one in, in the uh, purple there. Ready? Be conscientious of who is always operating on your behalf. Now notice what it says. Let's read it together. For it is God who works in you both to and for his good pleasure. He gives you the want to. And notice how the, the, the double exit there, I mean, uh, verbs. To will and what? You make up your mind and you do it. Whenever you're focused on something that's, that's really good for you, you got your mind stuck on it and you're going to work on it. As a man thinks in his heart, what? So then when you have a will, I'm going to serve God no matter what. My, the girlfriend that I had in, in high school, I mean, she was highly upset. She was highly upset because she looked in my Bible and saw my Bible, and I had one of the old Schofields, and I, was, I said, God, I'm going to follow you. I don't care who it is. No one will turn me around. And she asked, even me? Yep. <laughs> even you. You're nice, you're cute, you're not, all, you're not all that compared to God. When it comes down to this, be conscientious of who is all, get this word, he is always operating on our behalf. Always. In the good times, oh, oh we can recognize that. But in the bad times, there's some things that happened through the course of this week, and one of the pastors, um, as we were sitting down for breakfast and everything else, he, uh, he said, how do you spell your last name, Racket? I said, R-A-I-C-K-E, 
TT. He said, oh, okay, okay, good. Then after that, he, uh, he wrote a check. He said, here. He gave me a check for $100. He said, here. I didn't know what the rest of the week was going to be about, but hey, thank you for the $100, because uh, it came in at the, at the right time. I didn't ask for it. I, didn't, I, would, I wasn't giving any sad stories. He said, Racket, how do you spell your last name? You know, isn't that, isn't that how God is? When you least expect it, he writes out a check for today. Don't try to, don't try to cash it tomorrow. The check is for today. And God writes out that check and he says, this is for you. Be conscientious as who is working on your behalf. God, I thank you that you're working on. If you walk, when you walk out this morning, at least thank him that all that, and, and being a pastor, you know all of the different cases that in, in, the, in the church. And what God has taken you through and some of the challenges and the frustration and really enough that the pastor can't do anything but pray for you is God who's able to do things exceeding abundant. Whatever God does, he has a tendency not just to do it. I mean, if you ask for a glass of water, it's the water running over the, over the rim because of, David said, my cup runneth over. He, he, I mean, he just pours it over the rim. He want to make sure that you always have enough. That's what daddy is like. Don't you ever forget daddy during the hard times. And he's not around for you to beg him all the time either. He, you're, he's around so you can serve him. And all to his glory. Amen. Be in control. Manage your thoughts and attitudes and actions. Do all things without complaining and disputing. I know I'm not talking to folks here. You are folks who just love the Lord and you hold back your complaints. But then too, I'm not a mind reader, so I really don't know. So I have to ask the question, do you have a tendency to complain about some things? Because you know, know why we complain about this? Because it keeps coming up and you wish it would go away. And you're saying, go away. And God is saying, stay, stay. I wish you'd get out of here. And God says, stay. The person who gets on your last nerve, get away from me. God says, stay, stay, stay. Because when you get to the point of quit getting angry with the person and start praying for the person, when he changed your attitude, then you create an environment that is conducive for them to change. So, when we talk about managing here, the whole idea of my thoughts and attitudes, do all things, some things, Lord, all things, not just at church, at away from church, wherever you are, alone, all things without what? Complaining and disputing. Why? Because that's not a part of God's agenda for the believers. For believers to complain means that you, the first thing, the moment that you start complaining, listen carefully. You are stepping, deliberately stepping out of the will of God. So don't expect to be blessed in your state of complaints. Now that, <laughs> you know why we complain. Babies complain. They're Google and everything else until they get uncomfortable. 
Then they try to let you know I'm going to complain. I'm going to. I'm going to get loud on you. Quiet down, baby. Oh, you think this is, watch this. And they get louder and louder and louder because you know why? They're saying there's something that's bothering me and I need to have it fixed right now. What if God does not do it right now? Then what? What will, what you're going through now, what if God let that go for the next 5, 10, 15 years, 20 years? What will be your attitude? Do all things without complaints. Be consistent in the lifestyle that will always please God. Philippians 2.15. Let's read it. That you may become blameless and harmless children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation among whom you shine as lights in the world. See, see, what we're saying here. It's now put here that the whole most important is that you, the reason for this, that you may become. Didn't say you are. It's a growing process. You may become. You may not be all of this, but you are becoming because the best is on its way. In glory, there is no complaints. In glory, there is no negativity. So God is working on us now to get all that mess out of us. And quit referring back to your childhood and what your parents did and all this. God says, get all of that out of the way and just stop it. Stop it. You know, what, what's happening now is, and please forgive me, but uh, and we, we do it in a minute. Uh, it was during the course of the week. This may not mean a heal of beings to you, but this is an everyday life with Don Racket, okay? It's dealing with the... Um, sanitation engineers, better known as garbage men. And what happened was this, is that you know you have the black containers and the blue containers. Well, with a apartment building, I need, I need four containers, two blacks, two blues. Somebody came and took my blue. I said, no, you didn't take my blue. Took my blue full of trash. Took my blue. And I was saying, with both families, everything we have to use two blues. Across the alley, nobody moved in, and that blue garbage can had been sitting there all that time. So I said, you know what? I think I'll use that one because there's nobody there anyway. That's a good reason, isn't it? It's stealing. I went and got the garbage can. And put it right inside the, the fence and locked it so that nobody can come and get it. I don't want anyone to steal it from me. <laughs> and so what happened was this. The weeks went on. Like the song, Nobody Knows. The 12 hours, nobody knew what I did. I'm preaching about Jesus <laughs> for the man's blue garbage can locked up in my fence. <laughs> And so what happened was the Lord said to me, that's not your garbage can. It's empty. The man, you see a man coming out of his garage, which means he has the building. And he has two black uh, garbage cans, but he doesn't have any blue. Why do you think he doesn't have any blue? Well, Lord, uh, is it gone? Yes, it's gone. Where do you think it's gone? Uh, in my fence. Put it back over there. I decided a couple of days ago, I opened the fence and was taking the garbage can back and putting it back where my neighbor was, uh, my neighbor across the street. 
And my neighbor who always sits uh, next to me, uh, oh, he lives next to me, look who look out for me, he saw me putting a blue garbage can back. And he, he, I didn't explain anything. I'm just obeying Jesus. Let me just put this, didn't belong to me. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll worry about just one blue garbage can, but at least I won't be a thief. One of the things that I'm learning is that when you start doing things God's way, you see, here's the problem. You say, well, what's wrong with a garbage can? Because doesn't God know how to give garbage cans? Uh, 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 okay, all right. Then why do you have to still get the garbage We'll We'll switch with another mic. All oh, the batteries just had to work on it. Testing, testing, okay. They tell me to hurry up. So what happened is this. Um, I know that God will supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory. So what are you going to do with one garbage can, Donald? I'm going to have, I have to be creative. But being creative don't mean that I have to be a thief. That's the lesson I had to learn. Oh, you have some lessons that God's been telling you about and to fix and you haven't? One of our marriage retreats, we had that one word. What was that one word? Why? Why haven't you done what you're supposed to do? For God is at work in you both to will and to do his good pleasure. Then why are you not doing what you're told. Let me go. Let me go back there. Let me think of there was one more there. Uh, be convinced in God that the timeless truths that stabilize and distinguish us as the children of God. Notes, let's read the verse, the last verse there. Holding fast the word of life so that I may rejoice in the day of Christ that I have not run in vain or labor in vain. It says, Hold on. That's all it's saying. The verse saying, hold on. Hold on until you get home. Keep holding on. And what is it that you're supposed to be holding on to? Holding fast what? The word of life. So that you may rejoice because you held on. Because you, you may rejoice in the day of Christ because he's going to show up. And Paul is saying, I don't want to be embarrassed. I don't want to be embarrassed. What have you let go this week when you know you should have been doing this and you didn't? Well, don't worry about what happened yesterday. Make up your mind starting today. I'm going to hold on. The right attitudes. The word of God that tells me everything that the word of God tells me to do. I'm committed starting today to hold on. Because the best is on its way. The best is yet to come. And we have been chosen for the best. Past your college education, past having a family, past being uh, grandpa, grandma, etc., etc., you are destined to meet our Lord. Are you prepared? You've heard me say proper preparation promotes perfect performance. And so, 
one last thing. Sound theology about the God of our salvation should motivate us to say, I'm yours, Lord. Everything I got, everything I am, everything I'm not, I'm yours, Lord. Try me now and see. See if I can be completely yours. I'm yours, Lord. Everything I've got, everything I am, and everything I'm not, oh, I'm yours, Lord. Try me now and see. See if I can be completely yours. You got it one more time. I'm yours, Lord. Everything I've got, everything I am, and everything I'm not, I'm yours, Lord. Try me now and see. See if I can be completely yours. Let's bow in prayer. Father, in lieu of your great grace, you're not sitting there with your hand twiddling your fingers. No, no. You are working us both to will and to do your good pleasure. Lord, um, I thank you that you, you that you have begun a good work in us and you will complete it. Because, Lord, you do not leave anything half done. I pray for the congregation. I pray, Lord, that we start with obeying you. Start with praising you. Let the life situation be second. Help us start first hanging out with you. May we be like Daniel and the others, Lord, that regardless of the problem, the first thing that Daniel did was went back into the room, opened the window toward the east, and he worshipped. Job, Lord, did the same thing, Lord. And when all the things happened to him, he, he stripped his clothes and put dust over his head. And then he fell down and worshipped. May we, Lord, have that same mindset because the best is on its way. I thank you for that. And thank you for choosing us to be a part of that process. In Jesus' name we pray. And all the saints said.